as soon as as soon as you want to in, introduce your child to uh, to reading and literature period, you should be starting with picture books. You should be starting at the earliest possible to to do something to to go against what you know is going to be a deluge of negative and racist and prejudicial messaging. You know that's going to happen. You can't undo all of that at once. And so if you think about it in terms of going against the tide, you will understand exactly how much intentionality has to go into this and how much volume has to go into this. We would have to stop allowing we would have to stop allowing certain things to even be published and certain people to even be published for like a hundred years minimum before we would even make a dent. So don't be afraid that you're going to suddenly, that, that white voices are going to be excluded. And that, and that seems to be what people's concern is, is if we move too fast, you know, we're always concerned about the person who has the, the biggest meal for some reason. That is a group, uh, four people there on a zoom call who are anti-racist educators and anti-racism is racism discussing how kids should be introduced to critical race theory as soon as possible. Yet we have people like Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor Democrat in Virginia, saying critical race theory isn't taught. That's just a racist dog whistle. But we have the creator of critical race theory saying that it's now being taught in K through 12 schools. And then we have certain people being dubbed uh, the enemy and being shown as people who you need to push back upon. Tony Katz, great to be with you. And right now, William Jacobson joins us from LegalInsurrection.com, Cornell Law Professor. And he is one of these people. Christopher Rufo pointing out that there's a group, a critical race theory activist organization, which has created a strategic plan to mobilize teachers and left-wing media. And they've got a list of frontline people who they want to go after. And one of them, sir... Is you, you're a frontline spokesperson for discussing against critical race theory. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I don't know if I've got an award for you, but what does it feel like to know that you're pictured prominently as somebody who is the problem? Well, I'm the solution. I'm not the problem. They are the problem. I mean, it's really surprising. Uh, I guess it's not surprising that, you know, the people who control academia, who control the media, who control now corporations still feels a need to try to single out and isolate and attack individuals like myself and several others, many of whom on their literature are non-white. In fact, most of them on the page you're talking about are non-white people, professors, authors, activists who are against the racialization of education. And so I'm honored to be on that list, but it also just shows how pathetic these people are, that despite all the money they have, all the power they've accumulated, they still, their message still isn't resonating. As Christopher Rufo goes through this, um, the language within their, their handouts discusses disinformation, McCarthyism, January 6th, uh, big lie, alt-right, Steve Bannon and the Koch brothers make the list, fringe element extremist, voter suppression, and right-wing attacks. Uh, David, uh, Christopher Rufo's point, I should say, Christopher Rufo's point uh, from City Journal is that this isn't a sign of confidence. As you see the pushback against parents speaking out against what they're seeing in the schools, which is not about uh, being opposed to discussions of race, but rather indoctrination of students and teaching them that they're guilty based on the color of their skin or they're oppressed based on the color of their skin. Um, what do you get when you see a guide filled with this kind of language? Well, it's not the first time that I've seen it. The uh, people pushing the CRT are highly organized, highly well-funded. 
And I've seen other messaging guides. They like to produce guides and talking points for their supporters and their activists as if they are incapable of coming up with it on their own. So I've seen these sort of guides. There's a group called Future of Learning. That's a coalition of over 300 uh, pro-CRT educational groups funded by major foundations and also uh, seems to be under the thumb of the National Education Association, which is one of its funders. They have a messaging guide. They have talking points. They have things that are literally called talking points, and they hire strategic consultants. And this whole and they create these red herrings, these false arguments that, oh, you know, people opposed to the racialization of education, they just don't want us to talk about history. Well, I don't know anybody who says you shouldn't teach history, but why don't we teach history in history class? Why do we have to inject this racial element into math class and into physics class? And why must every single aspect of a child's life and education now be forced to revolve around the color of skin. That's what people are objecting to. Nobody serious uh, is objecting to teaching about slavery or teaching about Jim Crow. Those things are already taught in school. It's really the fact that they make skin color the singular focus of a child's life. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor of the Mind Behind Legal Insurrection dot com. You take a look at just a couple of stories uh, that you have up at legalinsurrection.com. You've got the Loudoun County Public School Board denying that they knew about an alleged sexual assault in a school bathroom. You have parents kicked out of a North Carolina school board meeting and a story that you have been following very closely, the harassment of um a whistleblower teacher, a Providence uh, anti-critical race whistleblower teacher, as well as a parent who wanted to know more about critical race theory and got sued by the school board for making too many requests. Here in, in Indiana, we've got a school board, the Carmel Clay School Board has decided, well, you parents are just too rude and too mean, and so we're going all virtual. Now, people have yelled, people have gotten angry. One person had a gun slip out of their pocket. That happened. I, I, I like to give you the full story as opposed to a narrative story here. But so one person does that, and the next thing you know, no other parents are allowed to speak as if somehow that was the only reason they would have prevented parents from, from speaking out. You see parents pushing back all day. They're reaching out to you. They're talking to you. How do you suggest they go about engaging these conversations? Or is it just full-on keep the pressure on until they learn that the parents are in charge? I think you have to keep the pressure on the people running these school boards. Not every school board, but certain school boards um, are uh, activists. They view their role to be activists. They want to... uh, indoctrinate your children in an ideology that most Americans of all colors and all ethnicities do not agree with. And uh, I think the pressure needs to be kept on, but people need to do it peacefully. They need to do it lawfully, and they need to be extremely careful because there is a lot of money and a lot of power behind these groups. And it just takes one person uh, to create a news distraction. Tony, you probably remember the Tea Party movement. We followed it very carefully. You could have 4,000 people at a rally with 1,500 signs, and they would find the one person in the crowd with the sign that was offensive, and that would now become the entire media focus. And there were documented instances where they actually planted people in crowds to say nasty things and to carry rude signs so that they could publicize it. So you need to keep the pressure on, but it needs to be done lawfully 
you have a constitutional right to express your opinions to public officials, and you have the constitutional right to do it in a tone of voice that is above a hush. Okay, you don't need to speak in soft tones. That's a good point. Just so you bring that up. The Constitution doesn't say free speech only for people who do not talk but we hear that at school boards right here in central Indiana, where uh, you, you, you're not allowed to make a threatening tone or you're not allowed to raise your voice. They're putting limits uh, that limits on speech. That's not the way it's supposed to work. When have you ever heard that limit placed on left wing protesters? When did you ever hear a public official say, oh, well, the Black Lives Matter protests can't happen in our city because you know what? They're shouting. No, that doesn't happen. That only happens to parents who are objecting to the indoctrination of their children, to parents who are asserting their parental rights. So don't go for this. Keep the pressure on, but again, do it lawfully and do it in a very smart way because there are the media is not your friend. The, the mainstream media is not your friend. Any slip-up, any single incident will be portrayed as indicative of the entire movement, and we know that it's not. Before I let you go, sir, it, the Department of Justice the, from the, the School Boards Association request basically labeling uh, parents as domestic terrorists. Uh, that the, the others decided to say, well, that's not what really happened. It seems very obvious that's uh, what, what happened here. Are you hearing anything about the DOJ making moves to make it harder for parents to be able to speak out about their child's education and advocate for their kids? DOJ already made its move. That memo was intended to intimidate people. That memo was intended to give school boards and left-wing activists the ability to accuse people who are not violent of being potentially violent or of being potential domestic terrorists. So the DOJ already made its move, and I think it's going to backfire. Uh, From what I'm seeing, there is enormous energy in reaction to that and enormous defiance And the fact that they had to go to DOJ, and this is all appearing to be a a setup, that this is – they needed an excuse for the DOJ to go after people or to at least demonize them. And that school board letter was phony as anything. That was a setup. And uh, I'm hearing from people that they are are energized like never before. And the fact that they have to go to DOJ and they have to try to – criminalize political disagreement shows you they don't have confidence in their arguments.